Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. For Kia, the Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Yeah, welcome back to it. I'm very excited to have this guest uh, on the show tonight, Sats. You you and Gary Belcher uh, spoke to him oh, last year. Uh, his book came out called Cheat, which was just the cheats, great cheating moments in sporting history. He's now got a podcast out, and it is – we've talked about it. You and I talk about it each week. Have you oh. listened to the latest episode? And Gary <laughs> Belcher still doesn't even know where to get a podcast from. So we're, work, <laughs> we're working on that still. But, yeah, it's it's a show that Titus O'Reilly does with Mick Malloy. It's called Sports Bazaar. Uh, get it from wherever you get your podcast from. And I tell you what, some of these cheating scandals and sporting moments – throughout history are absolutely bizarre. Titus, joining us now on Sports Day. G'day, Titus. Oh, good to be with you. Mate, we love this podcast, and I think Mick's a good foy for you as well. Although, is he is he actually drinking during the podcast, Mick? It sounds like he's having a refreshing ale or two. <laughs> no, I think he does. that's his natural sound, I think. <laughs> uh, years of doing it. And- who, who knows with him and I? It's it's possible we are. It all blurs into one when we're together, I have to say. Now, you form a great partnership. You're the researcher and the storyteller. He seems to be this the clown sitting in the corner just waiting for his uh, left-of-centre opinions. But he's also the sports fan, right? Exactly. Mad sports fan. But um, where's the history come from with you and Mick? Has it, has it been a long association and relationship? Yeah, we've known each other for a long time, and we've done the, the front bar together in the past, and then often I be on radio and you know we'd we'd get together and i'd tell him these stories and he'd he'd say you know we'd have a break to do it in and at the end he'd say that can't all be true and i'd say well you wouldn't believe that's only like a quarter of the whole story and so we started to say well maybe we could do a podcast where we we get into the details and the idea is we don't care what sport it is it's just got to be a completely crazy story and uh, the sports world has no shortage. It's a renewable resource. I didn't realise that sports was this bizarre. 16 episodes to date, uh, all sports around the world. Even if there's sports, certain sports you don't like, there's always a story behind um, the different weird circumstances that will will entertain you. Now, originally, it was a moment, one particular moment in sport that you always found just ridiculously weird that inspired the storytelling? Yeah, I think the, the most bizarre one that... You know, when I wrote my book, Cheat, it was the one that really just blew my mind was in the 2000 Paralympics when the Spanish team in intellectually disabled basketball decided it would be easy to win if they got people to just who were good at basketball and got them to pretend to be intellectually disabled, mm. which you know, that, that requires some, some real moral gymnastics to sort of do that. And I just thought... It, that's when it occurred to me that there's no sport in the world 
that people won't cheat at. I mean, you can kind of understand cheating in the Tour de France. You become a, a multi-millionaire and get to date Gerald Crow. Um, it's not the same in the Paralympics. <laughs> I tell you, some of the some of the great stories that you've covered off already. I'm just going back through them. Uh, there's the the players that swap wives. There's the early years of the Tour de France where competitors are catching trains. Uh, there's the doping, of course, in the Tour de France. Nancy Kerrigan and Tonya Harding. Just give us a bit of like you think of that one. And go, oh yeah, that's the crime the of the century. This kneecapping. <laughs> Jeez, there were some big brains behind this one, wasn't there, Titus? Oh, it, the the guys that did the actual kneecapping and the way they organised it, it was like a Cohen Brothers movie. It was so you know crazy. I mean, the guy the guy that actually did the kneecapping, a guy by the name of Shane Stan, he stayed the night before in a hotel, basically across the road road from the arena, using his actual name and using his own credit card to hire an adult movie that night, which made it easy. And then he entered the arena. And minutes before kneecapping Nancy Kerrigan, he forgot what she looked like <laughs> and went up to someone and said, could you please point out who Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan is, Toopy? <laughs> Leaving an absolute witness for, you know, within moments before later he does it. And someone said, did anyone see anything? Yeah, that guy was asking. And then he, the day before, he'd sort of mapped out his exit. And <laughs> the problem was his exit this time when he, when he did it was... Uh, it was a locked plexiglass door, so he couldn't get out that way. So he headbutted his way through the plexiglass door almost and crawled through it and was so dazed from doing it, he then ran the wrong way from the getaway car that was waiting for him. And the getaway car had to chase him down. <laughs> and they they were caught within about two two days by the FBI because they someone recorded recorded uh, them um, them planning it and then they were going to record it to blackmail the other guys later but they were bragging to people about doing it and playing them the tape which led to an FBI tip-off. Now what what brought this to my attention your wonderful podcast, Sats came into work one day and said I've just listened to this podcast with Titus it's about the worst event in Olympic history and it was the 1904 Olympics in St. Louis, Missouri uh, where the games went for six months. <laughs> it's not like the you know the two weeks that we get now, but the marathon, the marathon. There wasn't even a course set out, was there? There was, there were there were athletes having a sleep in an apple orchard and still finishing fourth in this marathon. Competitors being tra- chased off course by wild dogs. <laughs> Take us through this this marathon event at the worst yeah. Olympics. Well, well, they ran it in the afternoon, which they don't do anymore, because it was only the, the, the third time they'd had a marathon. And it was 36 degrees, and they ran it, and they decided to not allow water except for two spots across the whole course. <laughs> and they also didn't shut down any of the roads, so they all had to run around cars and horses and all sorts of things. And like you said, one guy stopped in an apple orchard because he hadn't eaten before the race and had an apple, and it was not ripe, so he felt not too good so he lay down and had a sleep he still got up later and came forth um one of the guys that did win it one guy jumped in a car and arrived at the stadium and everyone assumed and he got out and ran into the stadium and everyone assumed he'd won and he pretended to go along with it until someone pointed out he'd been in a car and then the guy that won they actually gave um strychnine and brandy now, strychnine being the poison they gave him that and it was the first case of doping in the olympics and when he crossed the line, he 
fell down and they had to work on him for four hours to bring him back to consciousness. So it was just an absolute mess. And like you said, one guy got chased a mile off off course by wild dogs because <laughs> there was no one, there was no organisation whatsoever. Titus, <laughs> so, what? So it was just just an absolute mess at every level. Well, why did those Olympics go in in 1904? Why did they go six months? Well, they went six months because the that and the Paris one, which is 1904, 1900, they're, they're known as the farcical Olympics because they both were alongside the World's Fair. So they both went for six months. And the Paris one had hot air ballooning uh, with how far you could go in a hot air balloon. And one French guy flew from Paris and the winds took him and he landed in Russia. <laughs> and it was promptly arrested by the Russian police because he didn't have a visa. And he had his wife with him. And they were thrown into the police station and the police station were giving them water and he said to the police, you know, in the balloon I've got a crate of French champagne. And they said, oh, that'd be terrific. So they sat around and drank the French champagne with him while his wife rolled them cigarettes waiting for the authorities to give him the clear to go back to Paris. Something that is pertinent to Australian sport is, of course, contract clauses. And this is one of the latest episodes that's come out over the last week. Um, weirdest contract clauses. Now, this blew my mind that one of the baseball athletes, Ray Caldwell, uh, Titus, had a clause that he had to drink after a game. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he he was known as like a very talented player but would go on these benders. And so when he, he, he was on his last chance, and so this manager said to him, I'll sign you, but there's, you've got to read this contract. And he read the contract and he said to the manager, I think there's a problem here. It says I have to drink after a game. And he said, I think you're, you're missing the word not. <laughs> and he said, no, no, that's what I want you to do. It's in your contract that you'll play a game. He's a pitcher. You'll pitch. That night you'll get written off. <laughs> then you'll recover. You don't have to come to practice the next day. But by the third day, you have to be sober. And by the fourth, you pitch again. And then we repeat the whole thing. So it's in your contract to actually drink on certain days. Neymar, the soccer player, got it put in his contract in his last time. He was 41. He played back in Brazil after all his success. Uh, he got put in his contract that he had to be allowed to go out to nightclubs twice a week. And that was without being fined. That was actually another clause he had in his contract too. Oh, now, one of the great stories, and I think it's one of Australia's great historical sporting stories as well. I don't know how we don't know more about this, but and the listeners will know, Titus, I love my boxing. The story of young Griffith, this is, I can't believe this isn't a movie. Yeah, this is a guy called Albert Griffith, who was our first international sporting star. He was a boxer, uh, became world champion, went over to uh, the US and was described by the Ring magazine at the time as the greatest defensive boxer of all time. Um, he fought over, you know, well over 200 fights and only lost three times. Uh, the thing was, he never trained ever in his life. He hated training, so he just never trained and said he rarely ever fought a match sober. So he still was known, despite all this, as one of the best ever. He started as a, a leading a street gang in Sydney in the Rocks because the Rocks was the roughest part of Sydney at the time when he grew up and he came to the top of it by whoever was the best fighter became the leader of the gang. And so that's actually how he trained to become a boxer. Uh, beat everyone. Absolutely amazing guy. But one of the one of the strangest uh, stories, and probably 
like you say, Mick and I often talk about that. That's got to become a movie at some time. It's one of the greatest stories ever. It's where the saying "Happy as Larry" came from yeah. as well. The story of young Griffo. Yeah, well, Larry Foley was a guy who um, actually coached him and the world Australian champion before him. He, he, he coached young Griffo. But he fought a match on the uh, New South Wales-Victoria border because they were illegal back then. It was a huge uh, boxing match and there was betting on it. And uh, everyone bet on Larry Foley to win and Larry Foley won. And the newspaper reporter um, said, how do you feel, Larry? I feel incredibly happy. And then they went and asked some of the punters how they felt on winning and they said, we're as happy as Larry. And that's where where it all came from. And that exact boxing match... It was in New South Wales. The Victorian police watched on from across the border wanting to arrest them, but it was out of their jurisdiction. And little did they know, Ned Kelly was watching in the crowd and he'd just robbed the jewellery bank a few weeks before. <laughs> Incredible. Look, before we let you go, I'm going to see if there's any new, there's some possible new topics for you to look into, including cheating in fishing. Can you believe it or not? But I'm going to channel my inner Mick here, the monkey (laughs) testicle doping scandal. What was going on in Europe in in the 30s and and 40s with with, with this monkey testicle doping? Well, there was this scientific study going on for years that you could basically grind up monkey testicles. Uh, I never thought I'd be saying this on the radio. And... uh, (laughs) and injected into people and it would get revitalized them and give them this strength. And so it, it, it caught on. It was huge in soccer. There were whole, you know, one of the FA Cups became known, both teams were known to be on it. And it was known as the monkey testicle cup, <laughs> which uh, better than any branding we have these days for sporting <laughs> events. Um, and it was just, it was just one of the weirdest things they ever did. And the, and the funny thing is the only reason it stopped is World War II breaks out. Um, they were meant to be investigated for it, and they did, everyone just forgot it had ever happened. And, uh, it, it went on for years. Absolutely amazing. Not not something I really want to try, I have to say. <laughs> no, no. And lots of doctors made a lot of money out of that. It makes Lance Armstrong uh, look soft. W- what's your take on the fishing cheating that's going on at the moment? And can you explain that to our listeners? Well, it was found in competitive fishing in America that a bunch of guys, they were handing in their fish, which is obviously done on weight, and they were... <laughs> putting like you know metal sinkers and weights in the fish when they handed it over and people got caught doing it in real time and look the fishing guys take this cheating seriously those guys almost got beaten up on the spot they don't they don't wait for a review from you know <laughs> the sort of the, the authorities they always beat them up on the spot but it proves to me when, when i started writing a book on cheating I, I, googled, I literally googled every single sport badminton you know snooker you name it i googled every sport thinking i have to be able to find one single sport where people don't cheat and i couldn't every sport has cheating and it, it, it taught me that for cheating to occur all you need is two things people and something to compete over and then that's all you need you don't need money or fame that's all you need and that happens in every single one Sports Bazaar, it's an outstanding podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from. Also, far, uh, I've got to tell you, Christmas is not far away. Get get uh, your loved one the book Cheat from Titus O'Reilly. It's outstanding. Mate, we appreciate your time on Sports. Oh, congratulations. A new dad, by the way. Well done, mate. Oh, cheers. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm doing all this sleep deprived. Uh, it's been absolutely a joy, so thank you very much.
Yeah, great stuff. Thank you very much for joining us. And also, if you want to catch Titus, you can see him Tuesday nights on the cheap seats. Outstanding show as well. Titus O'Reilly, Sports Bazaar. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Great. Thanks for having me. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.